Welcome to Discovering Nutrition with Chronometer. I'm your host and community marketing manager, Elisa, and today we are so happy to be sharing Chronometer's origin story. This is the Founders episode. As always, this podcast is for general purposes only and does not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing, or other professional healthcare services, including getting medical advice. The use of information from this podcast is at the user's own risk and is not to be substituted for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Let's get this going. All right, so we're going to dive right in with the founders from Chronometer very excited about this episode. I'm sure I know all the history, all of it, so I could probably just do this myself. But we have you guys here to answer all of our questions. So tell me about how you guys met and came together as business partners. I can, yeah, I can uh, start that. We, uh, Aaron and I, Aaron migrated from Canada to California, and then we both migrated over to Ireland, uh, working for a different company where we did online poker. And it was a much different environment than what we're doing now, obviously. And there were times we were, you know, up. all three of us were up at like 3 a.m. in the morning, try to like save crashing servers and everything. We, we built some pretty tight bonds over the years doing those types of things together. You know, we all enjoyed working together quite a bit. And it was a fairly seamless transition. Aaron, I actually don't know the story of how you and Brian got together, but I was on a road trip, stopped by Aaron's place. And he said, hey, I'm doing something with Chronometer, which I was familiar with. I helped him test it out when he was doing the, the open source version. And he said, hey, do you want to kind of work on this with me? And I said, yeah, sure. And that was that. It was that easy for you. So Brian and Aaron, you guys met differently than the, um, the hop on with Spencer? Well, I suppose we, we obviously were all working together they 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 couldn't get jobs in the states essentially. What happened, what happened Lisa. So they had to migrate to Dublin uh, in search of employment. Yeah. So we we were. I think I was there three years with you guys. We were all on different teams and on different floors. I think for the most part as well. But we all kind of headed up different teams that would be, as like Spencer says, up at like three in the morning when a server crashed and the whole thing broke because I don't want to say Aaron wrote bad code, but because Aaron wrote bad code and Spencer didn't catch it, and my job was to keep the whole thing keep the whole show on the road. It got much better over time, like with any, any of the software. So we kind of formed a bond, as Spencer says, in, the, in those trenches. Then Aaron left to go back to Canada because he missed Canada. And then I left to go to Canada. I'm going to say because I missed Aaron, but um, we, I, was doing, I was doing a gap year and I went to Canada for what was planned to be six months and turned into five years. And during that time, at the start of that time, Aaron called me. Well, I was uh, sitting in my room playing online poker, actually, because we had the, the background on that and asked me, did I want to get on board with this new thing he was doing? And a few a few years later is when Spencer came on board properly. I know he kind of been on the edges there uh, for a while. And yeah, the rest kind of is history. It was a hobby for, oh, how long was a hobby for Aaron from that? The 2011 is when we had the first beta. I think 2015 was the first employee or was it 2016? 2016, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we kind of, we had it as a... Uh, evenings and weekends kind of a thing and the progress was slow at the start but by 2015 i want to say we had the 100,000 users and we kind of said right we should probably make this a bit more of a serious thing and uh, that's when we hire start hiring people and, and start leaving our real jobs to uh to come and and, and turn it into what it is today that's a great segue to the the really early days. So I see a lot that people are like, I found this new app. It's called Chronometer. And I've been here for over four and a half years now. But Chronometer has actually been around for a really long time. 
Aaron, how did that all start for you? Yeah, it goes way back actually to like 2005. So before it was a business and a website, it was just a, a free little open source desktop app that I wrote uh, in my spare time and, and launched in 2005. Just maintained that for years uh, while I was off doing my career, working over in, in Ireland, meeting Spencer and Brian. It was just something I tinkered on in the background. And it wasn't until I left and moved back to Canada in my downtime, decided to turn it into a, into a small business. And like Brian said, just, just a hobby business, evenings and weekends kind of, kind of thing launched, rewrote it and, and as a cloud kind of service, uh, and mobile app. And shortly after launch is when I picked up the phone to Brian and poked Spencer to kick the tires and kind of, kind of got their opinions on things and, and got the ball rolling as a, as a team. And, but yeah, then it was just many years of still just kind of slow, steady growth in the background while it was just, just, uh, you know, not my primary concern, you know, had a day job and it just steadily grew until 2015, 2016, it started to get too big to ignore. That's when I started shifting over my, my hours from, from my other job. And by 2017, I was full-time. It's amazing that you guys have essentially built this from the ground up. It started that way because you found that there wasn't anything in the market that was meeting your needs for your diet. Is that right, Aaron? Yeah. So I, in 2005, like the original version, there, there was no software that was any good for doing what I wanted to do, which was, yeah, meticulously track my diet and explore making optimal kind of meals and and making sure I could get all the RDAs for all my vitamins and minerals from food sources. There, there was horrific to use software. There was very expensive software for dietitians that was also horrific to use. Um, there was nothing that was really clean and easy and user-friendly. And that was the inspiration, right? Like make, make this program that you filled up your little meters with your, all your nutrients. And that was just kind of the, the, the original scratching my own itch and building something for myself. And then I threw it out there on the internet and it turned out it was useful for more than one person. And, and that's where it kind of got a life of its own. Fast forward to today, it's, it's grown in what it can do and the different types of diets it can ha- it can cater to and different types of use cases from hospitals and dietitians working with patients all the way down to basic weight loss or monitoring your carbs for ketogenic diets like we, we just run the whole gamut of, of everything it's become a real swiss army knife of uh, nutrition tracking and uh, umbrella is much broader than the original version that that uh, we started with way back when. I know when I started, I think there was just over a million users and now we've hit over 6 million. So it's been really cool for me to be on board and get a front row seat. I'm really lucky. I get a front row seat to so many positive stories that people are sharing about how chronometers changed their lives. So we're making a big, big impact. Hopefully continue to grow. So interesting with with the software company is we're based in a small town of Revelstoke. Now, ironically, none of you live in the same place. Spencer's in Orlando, Florida. Brian is in Dublin, Ireland. And Aaron, you're here in in Revelstoke. What made you want to have a software company in a tiny mountain town in British Columbia? Originally, just selfish reasons. I wanted to to ski and uh, be in the mountains, live the mountain lifestyle and small town life. Revelstoke, just for a variety of reasons, 
fit the bill, both with access to family close by or in town and fantastic world-class ski resort, the doorstep of the town. And yeah, just a wonderful place to live in general. So the vision for myself was always like to try this experiment and build a small company in in this kind of non-big city environment and kind of have a more relaxed tempo and pace than the rat race from the big city and just build the ideal place to work. It's been my guiding light in terms of like the company culture is like, what would I want as an employee? Put us in this location and and just have have a great kind of work-life balance. And, uh, you, you know, the, the pace is very different in growth than than the traditional funded startup um, with VC capital and, and grow at all costs and charge towards a giant exit. Instead, we're, we're really just building something great for the long term and trying to have fun while we do it, which is a very different approach. And I, I think it all boils down to if we had chosen the other approach for a startup, you know, the traditional Silicon Valley model of uh, go big or go home, raise tons of money, work 80 hours a week, sell for hundreds of million dollars as fast as possible, right? Like that's that's the, the the standard model in the startup world. And, you know, say you're successful at that. Well, what would I end up doing afterwards? Well, I'd probably go move to a nice mountain town and go skiing. <laughs> so, <laughs> instead, why not just do that now? Just by changing the, the framing of of what's possible. I know that our staff, I wish we shared more about our staff. And one of my goals is to definitely do that for next year because we have the coolest staff members. Like everyone is always out enjoying the mountains and we have Sandy Brandy at the office and, and everyone is really just just sending it in the, in the backcountry here. And I think it's really been amazing for me too to have that that work-life balance it's been super fun to go out and hang out even with the staff members while biking and that kind of thing so i know we all love the benefits of that speaking about culture coincidentally you know having it's it turns out a lot of talented people actually had the same idea as aaron they wanted to go skiing and they have plenty of qualifications and then you know when he said oh you know we need to hire a few people it turns out there were quite a few very talented uh, people in town. So, you know, that was very lucky for us. I, I assumed you picked Rebels though because it's just so easy to get it from everywhere else in the world. Fly into it for meetings. It's... We are in the middle of nowhere for reference. I'm the closest big center, even if I'm calling that a big center, Kelowna, which has, yeah, I don't know, like 120,000 people is two and a half hours away on treacherous roads. So we're talking about company culture and obviously work-life balance has been huge for all of us and, and help shape you know, how happy we are all at work. How does the culture here at Chronometer differ from the other companies you guys have worked for? <laughs> Spencer. Pretty, pretty much the opposite, I would say. Like, you know, Aaron kind of lightly described what the Silicon Valley model is with, uh, you know, getting funded and, and going big. Um, and the previous company that we were at doing the online, online uh, poker and even another startup that we worked with was more traditionally funded. Yeah, you were that was that was your lifestyle. The your work was your lifestyle and you didn't have a lot of time for family or social things unless it was it revolved around your your work your work people already. So that was definitely something we saw we have we still have scars from. So it was an easy decision to kind of model it in a much different way, Bisco. 
Yeah, I can't imagine, like, we all have kids now, trying to have well, two, four, seven kids here between the three of us. Trying to do that in the online poker company we're in will be impossible. Yeah, no way. The other thing that I think really shapes culture is just adhering to our core values. We get together once a year. We have a week that we call All Hands Week, and we discuss those things and just enjoy each other's company. What core values do all three of you share that you've passed along to the company? One of the bigger ones is just a a culture of respect. We listen to everyone and appreciate everyone's feedback. It's always about how do you make solve the problem, the problems the business has to solve, and how do you uh, make the product better and try and leave egos out of it and politics out of it and uh, personal attacks out of it. It's that, that approach, I think, between between all of us and what we've kind of instilled in the, in the company, I think, is probably the most important piece to me. And it's it is directly a lesson of what from my past, seeing more toxic work environments and being like, okay, there, here's what not to do. Um, <laughs> and heading in the opposite direction. Brian, do you want to speak to that too? Yeah, yeah. No, um, like I say, I've, I've uh, not only in, in in the online poker world, but I've had a few other roles. <clears throat> and you know, there's different variants of of that work toxicity uh, that I, that I've seen in the past. You know, we're, we're very, very much run for protective of the company culture that's being built around that kind of respect for for no one and uh for, for everyone you know we, we've discussed that um we, we don't hire arrogant brilliant people you know it's not worth it we've, we've worked we've all worked with uh, people who are brilliant but are just like a, a cancer on a team across many many companies that i've been in and they're just not worth it so like that's that's something we've discussed in our in our hiring over time and to be fair aaron's been responsible for most of hiring particularly locally there obviously and that's one of the the guiding lights i think um is, is culture fit is is as important uh, as 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 technological fit for for our skill set fit and you can see that like we've we've passed on some people who would have been great skill set fits and we've taken on some people who haven't quite got the full skill set and, and trained them up and because of their culture fit, because that's really core to what we're doing. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It's it's funny you say that we didn't, we haven't hired any arrogant and brilliant people. We've just hired humble and kind, brilliant people. Our staff, I think, is amazing, and I've seen so many additions. And every time I do, they just people just fit here. And I know that part of the hiring process, a large part, is you know, making sure that somebody does fit into the culture. But when I meet someone that's been hired, I'm like, oh, you're, you're just like here in family. And I know that I'm like warm and fuzzier about all of that than, than most of the staff members here. I've met some of my closest friends through Chronometer. And that's just, it's just amazing that there's so many people that are passionate about the same, the same things, helping people and, and living this mountain life and, and being being close-knit workplace so there's so much laughter all the time in the office and and uh i know that the other day i went out for a dog walk with emily and we ran into mary ev and we ended up talking for too long because (laughs) it's just so nice to to see my work fam so i've definitely appreciated how how closely guarded you guys um are about the culture here so i i think you know, with the pandemic, we probably struggled a bit with that too, you know, mm-hmm. 
on what's the best way to maintain that because we want to see everyone but obviously we all have we have a lot of remote workers and <clears throat> obviously i'm in dublin but that has been a struggle because i say it is nice to see everyone all the time too i went a year and a half without going over to the office and, and getting our all hands um i think it was a year and a half right? our all hands um kind of re-buzzing you know getting that office feel again and it's nice that that people are, are back out again but like if that's something that we're you know that that that's a current concern i suppose that we're we're trying to make sure that that stays that way and if we all have to go back indoors again for lockdowns or whatever we have to keep our eye on that company culture to make sure it stays the same yeah i live in relative but i've largely been working from home for the last couple of years simply because i've had some some family stuff going on and I think that I probably have significantly less crow's feet because I haven't been in the office because whenever I'm together with everybody, I just can't stop like laughing. Everyone is hilarious. And I wish we could all wear uh, GoPros just around the office all the time so people, people could see how, how funny all the staff members are. Our, our Slack channels, which is the office messenger channels, are just, just hilarious. So... You guys have done really, really well. I think you guys should all be proud of yourselves. So I'll pat you guys on the back. We okay. talked about the fact that, Aaron, you guys have structured this differently. You know, like that we're bootstrap and that we've not gone for like a lot of growth right out of the gate. And I know that you guys have had opportunities present themselves over the years. Can you guys each touch on an example when you've adhered to your your personal values, the company values, instead of the bottom line? Spencer, do you want to take this one first? Yeah, for sure. So the example that springs to my mind was, you know, we get approached a lot for different types of partnerships with other companies that may offer some type of value add to the service. Like, hey, we can do a contest or we can offer some products at a discount or something like that. Right. And there was one in particular that monetarily actually looked really good. Right. Uh, it was uh, something along the lines of like committing yourself to a some kind of a, a bet, you know, to then achieve some kind of weight goal or some kind of goal that you set yourself for yourself. And it would be measured through our app. And then we could kind of partner with this company to drive these promotions. Well, we did some digging and there was a lot of people who were not happy working with this other company. And so we took a step back and said, you know, we don't want to be partnered with a, a company that can basically make us feel slimy, you know, and, and and this has come up in other, if now we're kind of more dialed in, we don't, we, we can feel that right away. And we say, all right, no, no, uh, uh, to these partnerships right away. And that's kind of something that we've made part of our process when we assess these types of, of partnerships. I'll add to that. I think one clear area is right out of the gates from day one and continuing to this day is just our focus on privacy and a stance that that users that enter their their diary data and their health data into our system that's their data we don't sell it we don't share it that's leaving a lot of money on the table for for a lot of companies that's that's some of their most valuable asset is, is that user data and bundling that and selling it to advertisers and and other avenues and and we just don't do that because it's it's slimy. I remember our early conversations about, you know, do we want to put a delete 
account button in and the export your data account buttons in and I said our conversations there were conversations there were buttons in yeah okay it's kind of how those conversations went and it meant when things like the GDPR laws came in Europe or the other relevant laws in California and Canada when they started to come in we had very little to do which was great because we're already adhering to those but it was more that we were already hearing in spirit of those laws long before they came out I say that that is leaving a lot of money on the table but it means that we all sleep better at night I suppose going back to, to our core values that we wrote down, um, I think four or five years ago now, in one of our All Hands Weeks, we tried to put all that into words. One of them was don't do anything that makes us feel slimy, which is like you guys have said slimy there. And like that's that's written down in a company document as a core value. <laughs> and you know, we we point to those core values that so they're they're as I say they're, they're kind of our North Star when, when we're making decisions all the time. So do I have a particular example? No, but every single example kind of always points back there. You know, every feature we think of, every feature we do, we think of the security and privacy implications of that feature before we even go down the path of deciding whether we want to work on that feature or not. So it's kind of inbuilt to what we do and has been since since day one. Those are things on my my side as the community manager that are really easy to speak to when someone's like, how come there's 12 character password? Like, it's only like I'm entering my food and I'm like, well, actually, like we're used in hospitals and this is very sensitive information. And and when we're talking about security and people being able to erase their data, you know, because that that is an ongoing concern, especially in today's day and age where there's all these security breaches and that kind of thing. I'm like, actually, when you hit delete, like it's gone. Like we we can't even get it back. So those have, those have been really easy to clear up when people have those kinds of feedback. We've talked about the past. Where do you guys see yourselves going? And I think that maybe we'll say like, maybe we'll do five years and then then a 10-year goal. What are your visions for the company? For me, it's it's just continuing every day to make things better, whether it's the company culture or the product and the, the great experience customers get and insights into their nutrition. So that's what's gotten me out of bed every day on this project, like with a hop in my step. It's so fun to just have that constant improvement, show up every day and be like, okay, let's solve the next problem. Let's continue to build brick by brick in terms of like something more concrete, like Obviously, AI is a bit of a buzzword, but but applying data science to do some really innovative things to power the product forward, so people can get smarter and smarter insights into into their nutrition and their health, and spot patterns and correlations. And I think we're we're going to have a lot of interesting things over the next few years delving in, into that direction, in particular. And I would marry what Aaron is saying to basically what you. It, it's a movement that's new-ish, but uh, there's a cohort of the medical community that realizes food is medicine, right? And there's going to be, I think, over the over the, this same, that t- same time frame, that's only going to get gain more momentum. People are going to realize that your health, really, the majority of it comes from what you put in your body. And a growing interest, hopefully, that we can help spread is going to be in what people are putting in their body and getting the right information to know that. And we're really the only app that can give them a complete picture of the nutrition that they're putting in their body. And so hopefully that leads us to being much more embedded in that, in the medical community at large as a solution to help guide people through 
their, you know, their health journeys or recovering from disease or managing medical conditions, whatever that might be. That's probably where that's where I'm most excited for uh, is really helping fix those problems at a macro level. I, I really don't want to use what I was going to say online poker. It's just, it's just, it's just a shift into that. I think the, like the diabetics of the world, that kind of space is, is where we can add a real tangible value very, very quickly. And I think getting uh, the technology in that whole area, type 1, type 2 diabetes, has really expanded in the last 5 to 10 years. And it really were a very foundational piece there for um, for people who are like tracking their carbs and tracking their proteins against it and everything else. And we're the only app out there with the accuracy that we have, the in-depthness uh, of all of our foods that we have. That that means the tracking for people who are who are trying to use, as we were saying, Spencer, um, food as medicine and to be to go from pre being pre-diabetic to not that's a really interesting space for us to be in um, and where we're going to be helping a lot a lot of people also i've i've seen post recovery from uh from operations from from decent operations like from large operations like um, they see you know my, my mother had a lung transplant a few years ago and before she would even be accepted on the list she has to be within a certain dietary range weight range and all of her other other markers have to be at a certain level and that can all be done through nutrition and can't be done in any other way and the same for recovery from from uh, transplants from transfusions from all that that nutrition is so core to all that and i say doctors are have known for years but there's no way of imparting that knowledge to to lay people right that's the whole point of our little swiss army knife app to, to cover all of that you guys have touched on some things that have personally impacted me which i think is cool i've talked about recognizing or identifying a magnesium deficiency that i had i was talking the other day about a company that wants to partner with us and they were asking for a rundown and our staff is very active and and we we um are all relatively young, not too seasoned yet. <laughs> so people are like, why would you track? And I, I track religiously. I have always spoken about how I, I track every single day. But for me, I was getting a number of years ago sent to a neurologist because I was having these weird muscle symptoms. And then what it ended up coming down to, and this is touching to Spencer's point, is I was just deficient in magnesium, which was causing these little neurological quirks. And it's great because we have free healthcare in Canada. So something like that for me wouldn't have been out of pocket. But if I was living in the States, I would have spent a ton of money to go to a specialist when all that I needed was to start supplementing magnesium in order to clear that up. So food really is medicine or supplements if, if, if you're supplementing. And I wouldn't have known that without chronometer. And I remember like my doctor, when I sat down with her, she's like, oh, I wish there was a way that we knew your magnesium um, consumption. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I actually have two years of data in this. And then we looked at that and she's like, whoa, you've not been getting enough. So for me, I know a lot of people sign up for the app to lose weight. And my hope is always that they kind of go on my user journey, which is, you know, I used to use pen and paper as a teenager just to track calories and then learned about macros through working with our nutrition scientist, Karen, who's incredible. And now I really only track my nutrition really for the micros. So 
I hope that other people can kind of get on board with that and, and discover a lot more about their nutrition. You guys did kind of touch on what keeps you going, but what is the fuel for you guys when, you know, you guys all have jobs that require a lot of paperwork or a lot of development and a lot of online stuff. I know I'm really lucky I get to talk to most of our happy users. <laughs> a lot of you guys don't have that. So what keeps you going? Yeah, I... um. I would say that I don't know if my situation is necessarily unique among the company, but I feel like I've had to uh, learn a whole bunch of different things as the company's grown. So when we, it was just the three of us, you know, I was doing a lot of the testing. I was doing a lot of the design work, which the designers wouldn't let me touch that right now. Like, you know, it's, it's that I'm so far away from that now, which is good. It's much better for the product, but you know, but now, you know, we're moving into kind of enterprise sales and things like that. And if you would ask, me what I thought I would be doing when I was, you know, like five, 10 years ago, it would not be selling to people. Right. And so there it's, it's been a really uh, interesting uh, learning journey as I've gone through, you know, as, as the company's matured and that really unexpectedly is one of the things that have kept me um, just so engaged with everything. And, and I'll mirror Aaron's answer about the purpose and like, I've always had an interest in nutrition and all that kind of stuff. All those boxes are ticked, but it's that, that kind of, I get to satisfy, satisfy my own curiosity about so many different things in, in working here. So that's a real gift. Yeah, I'd, I'd nearly mirror that. Uh, obviously, my background is engineer, you know, computing and all that. And I'm somehow doing our marketing on a day-to-day basis. We're varying levels of success different days, don't get me wrong. But uh, that's really interesting. And I get to work closely closely with Julie so, um, and the rest of the marketing team. And I get humbled every day by what I don't know. And I enjoy that. <laughs> Um, in, a, in, a, in an odd way, I don't have to explain what we're doing. You know, when 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 we're when I talk to someone about why we're doing what we're doing, it's 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 nearly obvious, right? When when we talk about previous roles that we're in online poker, yeah, it was entertainment at the very best way I can describe it as entertainment. Like we keep disparaging online poker. I don't mean to, because it was it was a lot of fun too. But there's lots of like I have lots of friends who work on Facebook, for example, right? And there's there's lots of ways I could describe that or that are nice and lots of ways I could describe that aren't. There's no way I can describe working in a that doesn't bring better things into the world. That's what keeps me going. That like everything we do, every single day we get up, you know, if ten thousand more people in a day have started using our products, it's a it's a good day because they're making positive changes in their lives. They're tracking things, they're gonna find those deficiencies, which have some Make sure it's easy for them to do it and easy for them to use it. And that's kind of what keeps us going because we know it's not, right? We love the product, but it's not perfect. We see all the warts of it every single day. There's plenty of them to fix and plenty more things to build into it. So it's never going to be finished. You know, it's, it's an always ongoing, an ongoing thing. But every time I pick it up and use it, it's better than it was before. And that's, that's kind of what keeps me going. We've come a long way from robot face. <laughs> For those of you who don't know <laughs> what that is, which is probably everybody listening, uh, we, we have an old iteration of the app that mysteriously looks like a robot face. So we've come a long way since then. Aaron, you you did touch on it, but do you just want to reiterate what, what really gets you out of bed every day, puts pep in your step? Yeah, oh, man, yeah. It's, it's that combination of just an amazing product that helps people. There's many ways you can you can improve your life and improve your health outcomes using our software. But if there's one thing that's universal, I think for most people, including myself, when I built it and the original version started learning, is that learning right? Like, and then you can't unlearn. You know, when you when you log broccoli versus a cookie, you know, and you see visually the nutrition density 
of one versus the other, you start to build up that intuition uh, about healthy eating and what is providing your body nourishment and what isn't. And even if you log just for a week and just pay attention to, to a few things like that, that's a lifelong change in your education of, of the nutrition content of food that makes a huge difference to your future choices. And yeah, so, so again, echoing Brian and Spencer, like just the gift that it is to work on something that's helping people is number one. The challenges of, of, uh, of the role, especially in my, my chair right now, like it's all new, right? Like growing a company. And again, I'm also an engineer originally. And so, so it's, it's a huge challenge and uncharted territory for me in trying to provide a, a great work environment for 37 people right now and making sure that they all have their, you know, the right level of challenges and growth in their roles. Again, the absolute joy of building a product. I just love making software and and making things and making them better and brainstorming ideas and fixing issues. And it's just a fun job, be honest. It is. It is. And I know this question is not, <laughs> not directed at me, but I want to answer it anyway. One of the things that I love, and I've said this so much, is we all really care. And I know I care a lot. So when people are engaging with our customer service or with me on socials or when we're talking in-house about where we want to go, like we really care about our users. You know, every time someone has a problem, I want to help them because I want them to get the insights that that I've gotten. And I think that that is one of the, the key differences between us and other apps that is if you're messaging us someone on the the other end really just wants you to be successful and I know I when when I'm on reddit or twitter and people are sharing their progress with our app and it's it's positive or they've learned something or you know like they they aren't pre-diabetic anymore my heart literally grows like three sizes i just get so excited i'm like we are making such a big difference and i i try to get everybody on the app and be like oh yeah like you you work there of course of course like what's in it for you and i'm like it's what's in it for you <laughs> like I, I want you to feel how i feel so it's it's been amazing working for um a company that i just truly be- believe in so I'm happy that you guys created this and that I get the role that I get to spread my, my, my personality, <laughs> my big personality everywhere. So Lisa, I, I was going to say one other thing that, that neither, none of three was touched on, but only because we've been talking about it in a lot of meetings recently is, is the, the company itself, the staff, the all hands week that's coming up. Like I remember one of the first All Hands Week, All Hands Week is started as an excuse for me, Aaron Spencer to get together. And oh, we know. But, <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> but what, what it has involved, evolved into, I remember, you know, in All Hands Week when we talk about like product design ideas and we put the post-its on the wall and we go around and everybody gets a say in what we're doing and where we're going. I remember flying over on, on the plane to uh, such an easy, easy place to get to that is Rebel Soap. So I had some time to think on the plane. I was like, what are we going to do next year? Our product is complete, you know? And this is very true. Well, this is probably about five, six years ago. Like, oh, this is, this is going to be a tough week for the feature development because, you know, I think it looks really good. And I think we had 140-odd, I think you like had those, Spencer, somewhere, but 140-odd post-its with different ideas. I was like, oh, this is why we 
this is why we elicit ideas from absolutely everyone because everyone is better at this than us. And that one was a very humbling experience, but it was also it's a fantastic experience to uh, to get all those ideas and try and implement some of them. And, and the hard part every year is now whittling down those into ideas that are going to best serve our users in the coming 12 months. And, you know, that's when is that now? That's two weeks from now that's that is a highlight every year that meeting to and it's not the only time obviously that we product design or, or, or do those things but it's it's just so distilled in that meeting i think it's so much it's so much fun you know when when myself and or when Aaron ran 11 years ago i didn't think that that's where we'd be a few years later doing those type of things but it's that to me is 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 one of the one of the really fun experiences that we do every year so what brian for those of you listening is is talking about is we end up having a session where we brainstorm future ideas for the company and those look like features or device integrations or design elements of those kinds of things. And I know that our customer service team brings forward all of the feedback that we get for the things that the users really want. You know, like I know that we do have forums and people are like I've been requesting this for a while and it's like we hear you. We're listening. We're advocating for those features for you. I remember before we had dark mode, I was seeing all these dark mode requests all the time. And and so I was like, I have to, I have to bring this forward now because I've seen 40 requests in the last two days. <laughs> like, your screen's too bright, I need it dark. So and then we end up doing those things. We're heavily led by by user feedback. So if anyone listening has any features. We're uh, meeting in two weeks, so rally your friends <laughs> make, a case, make a case for it. Yeah, not only that, but I feel like the team, there's some, every now and then there's like some just intensely creative ideas from mm-hmm. members of the team. Like uh, some of our coolest features have come from these brainstorming sessions and they haven't necessarily been user-led, kind of more like uh, Show them, show them this, and and they will want it rather than the other way around, you know. So it's it's been it is one of it is absolutely the most fun meeting of the week, and I, I also like to th- I also like to think that it's a product of our culture because everybody feels comfortable, everybody feels invested, and they want to make the best product that they can actually make. I agree. I have two more questions, and then we're going to wrap up. Your number one highlight. You have to whittle it down to one. One highlight over the last eleven years of business. Well, this this podcast, obviously, <laughs> this this episode right here. This, yes. <laughs> yes, I made it. <laughs> so th- this probably this is all. This is just what I'm thinking of now. So I can't promise it's the number one thing, but uh, this is a recent one. I was at a conference in California. Uh, basically meeting with the, that cohort of the medical community that really believes in the nutrition piece. And a doctor that I'd met previously introduced me to some other colleagues of hers. And she said, oh, Spencer's one of the cool kids. Never happened before. So that was- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, up there would be when I attend like a conference and uh, get like or just a random hug from a, from a customer like uh, there's just that emotional connection because uh, of the role we've played in their lives. Like, yeah, that's, that's always an incredible experience. And yeah, close behind that is, is our all hands weeks. Like Brian was just mentioning, like they are so much fun and, and stimulating intellectually and creatively. So 
that's like chronometer Christmas every year when that comes around. Very excited for the upcoming one. I don't know what my highlight is. I mean, I'm, I'm, we're still having fun 11 years later, I suppose, and itself is a highlight. But my mom's medical history recently, and like she has a, a Fitbit watch and she has a Wee Things a temperature reader and a, a Wee Things scale. And they all come together in one chart for me and, and different charts on because I signed her up years ago. So she has, you know, when she got her four years ago. So she has five five and a half years worth of data in there, seeing how if she's getting better or getting worse. And that, just on a personal level, it's, it's not really a, a business highlight, but it's it's fantastic to be able to go in and say, you know, this is what you were doing then. And let's go back to, you know, your your daily walk or whatever you were doing, right? Around that time, because you, you can see it. You can see the results, the trends. I will say one of the lowlights is looking at my own weight trend over, because I've also put my, my stuff in <laughs> since 2011. Uh, I, I had some really good times, some really uh, healthy times, and they're never really at the same time. But I, I, I can see that trending over the, over the, the years as well. There's a high correlation to, to child when your kids were born. I, I was just going to say my weight chart. You can see where my kids were all born. <laughs> I was going to say, is there a correlation between Guinness consumption and and your your weight, Brian? You could you could chart that actually. Strangely enough, you can actually probably chart uh, all hands week and probably <laughs> identify all hands week on on my on my data. I have one sleeper question. I, I send everyone the questions beforehand, but uh, not this one, because I think this one's going to be super fun. And it is one of our frequently asked questions. How do you say the name of our company? <laughs> everyone says it different. Um, I, say it, I say it two different ways. <laughs> I'm not even consistent. It's chronometer or chronometer. But those are the only two acceptable <laughs> I have we, settled on chronometer. I, I believe I was probably fluctuating in, in my early years as well. But uh, I like to tell everyone that that I'm right and, and they're wrong. But they're you not. Say chrono you say chronometer. I can't even say that. Chronometer? Chronometer. Chronometer. Yeah, chronometer. chronometer. <laughs> I think that because I get to talk to people so often and now I get to do this podcast, I'm going to. I'm gonna win my way eventually. It's discovering nutrition with chronometer. So uh, eventually, I'll have my way. But <laughs> but it's always so funny when people are tagging us in their Instagram stories. This is literally what happens, probably at least once a week. Someone will be videoing themselves, and they're talking about downloading our app, and they're telling people. And they'll say it in one of 17 different ways. And then after I get a message, after this video is posted, it's like, by the way, how do I say the name? And I'm like, whatever you said, regardless of what you said, it's totally right. So so you're good. It's a, it's a choose your own adventure business name, but definitely Team Chronometer. So. All right. I was going to say, normally I wrap up a podcast episode by telling people where we can find you guys, but... I think that we all know where everyone can find us. <laughs> so you should sign up for Chronometer at chronometer.com or download Chronometer in the App Store <laughs> or find us on social media at Chronometer. Basically, how many more times can I say Chronometer in five seconds? <laughs> I'm really driving my point home. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks so much 
for doing this for me, guys. I think this has been wonderful. You're all very eloquent speakers, and I think people will have learned a lot. Thank you, Lisa, for kicking us and, and poking us and making us do this. Yeah, yeah and, and I won't be offended if you have to put subtitles under everything I say. Hundred percent. Please do that, please. <laughs> thanks, guys. All right, thanks. Take care.